Good morning. How are you all this morning? Good. David's fantastic. Excellent. Welcome to Northern um, this morning. It's good to have you with us. If you are joining us um, on Zoom, hello. Um, if you are listening to the podcast, we want you to feel welcome and connected to our community. And um, I would like to say um, it is nice to be here this morning. It is uh, doesn't get old um, meeting in person, does it? Like we've had a year like we've had. It's nice to be able to say, huh, we're all in the room together. It's good. We've been um, in this series since the beginning of this year, working our way through the Gospel of Matthew, reflecting on the life of Jesus and what it means for us to follow Jesus and to be on this journey of living life well. Um, I was thinking this week about where we get our information from. How do we choose what we know to be right or true? Um, over the last few years, we've had these kind of, um, I don't know, seems to bubble up intermittently about um, fake news in the place of social media. Um, and recently our government has decided that we need to have um, regulations in place around um, platforms and you know how they use news services and how they pay for them. Um, and not so long ago, um, Twitter and Facebook um, made sure that we had a fact check option because you just never know what people might post. And um, they found that conspiracy theories were rife on social media. There's also been some documentaries recently about social media and how um, they have algorithms that show you more and more of the things that you are interested in. So what happens is that um, as you look at things, you become, um, you have a narrower and narrower view of what the rest of the world thinks. And it's not only social media. There are newspapers and publications that have a certain um, political angle that they kind of weave into things. We're aware of that. And the events in our world kind of take on that lens. And unless we um, read widely or ask good questions, um, we can, you know, reading those things can lead us to adopt a particular perspective or a particular point of view. But as followers of Jesus, we're called to adopt a kingdom of God lens, a framework um, that helps us engage with the world. And Jesus has been outlining aspects of this framework through his teaching that's recorded for us in the Sermon of the Mount, which we've been looking at over the last few weeks. Um, Sermon of the Mount is um, in Matthew. It's what he's recorded as kind of a series of teachings of Jesus, um, kind of combined it into the one sermon, whether it was one initially or a bunch of things gathered together, this kind of conversation. But it, as a whole, it demonstrates the ethics of the kingdom of God and what it means and looks like to follow Jesus what it means and looks like to live life well. And that's what we want to do here, isn't it? The passage that we come to this morning, um, it's kind of the beginning of the last section of the um, sermon, and Joe read it for us this morning. Thank you. Um, and we just want to take a closer look at it now. So have a look with me. Um, it goes like this. Um, chapter 7, verses 13, 14 go like this. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate, the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many that choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. At the beginning of this passage that we're looking at this morning, Jesus places the picture before his hearers of what a path to life looks like. 
the path that leads to life is a narrow one. There is another path in life. It has a wide gate and a broad road and many people go that way. It doesn't lead to life. It leads to destruction. Many people are focused um, on what their pathway through life looks like at the moment. We do that as well, don't we? How, does, how is life going? How are you doing this week? How is life going this week? And we tend to be drawn to things that are easier right now, things that seem more free, more open. And when we can kind of see other people on the same track, have you ever done that where you're like, oh, everyone else seems to be going this way. This must be the right way. <laughs> um, maybe it's just us when we do that in Melbourne, Craig. Everyone's walking on this side of the road. That seems right. Um, now I've lost my, my path. Um, <laughs> but perhaps we haven't questioned where that path goes. Where is the track that we're on actually leading? Is the path that we're on leading us to be more like Jesus or less like Jesus? Is the path that we're on deepening our dependence on God, our humility, our sense of justice, and our understanding and experience of grace? Or is it not? And how would we know? How do you know that you're on the right path? This passage is pretty clear. There is a gate. It's narrow. Not everyone will choose it. In kind of more recent church history, um, we haven't always talked about the narrowness of the gate. We've talked about the accessibility of Jesus. And even now I will do that. And it's not that Jesus isn't accessible and it's not that people aren't welcome to come to him. But coming to Jesus is the gate. Coming to Jesus takes guts. It's hard because what it looks like is that we have to own that we fall short of earning our way into God, earning our way to God. We recognise that we are actually unable to do good our way into favour with God. And we discover that the only way, the one gateway, is to come to Jesus with our humility and a repentant heart and to commit to follow him and to ask Jesus to stand in the gap with us. And that's the start of our journey with Jesus. That's the gate. But it doesn't stop there. As we take this pathway, the narrow one, the hard one, it sounds so appealing, doesn't it, Jesus? Thank you so much. Take the narrow, hard, difficult one. <laughs> we have to keep choosing Jesus and we continue to grow in our knowledge and our faith. And as we do that, we're more able to discern the pathway. And this is what it means to be a disciple and to follow Jesus. One of the ways that we grow um, our faith and our knowledge is through prayer through our conversation with God. And Lynette spoke about that last week. And if you um, weren't here, I encourage you to listen to that podcast or um, have a look at it on YouTube. And she spoke um, really beautifully about prayer last week. Another way that we grow in our knowledge and faith is listening to the teaching of others, learning from others who are in the faith, both learning through um, formal teaching, so things that might happen here on a Sunday morning, through a book that you're reading, a podcast you're listening to, um, in a Bible study group, 
or maybe through more informal teaching, maybe you have a mentor that you catch up with or just someone you look up to who's been kind of walking this road of faith a bit longer than you. We learn through our conversations with others, through role modeling, role modeling, the way that we see other people walk and learn to live the life of faith. So how do we pick who we should learn from? How do you know that the book that you picked up from a Christian bookshop is actually sharing godly wisdom? That's at the heart of this next section that we're looking at. Let me just pick it up from verse 15. It goes like this. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. Just in case you weren't clear, it's both ways around. <laughs> so every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So here Jesus is talking about um, spiritual teachers or people who are um, leaders in the faith and comparing them to fruit trees. <laughs> How I feel about that. Um, fruit trees can look healthy, but then when they start to bear fruit, the fruit can have problems. We have um, a peach tree at home. It's one of the blessings in our current house is that it has um, lots of abundant garden. And um, this peach tree um, last year had the most abundant crop of peaches. They were beautifully formed. They were amazingly tasty. And the tree went through um, winter and then spring, it got lots of blossoms, it looked beautiful. Um, but the, um, and we we're excited about all the peaches. We look, kind of looked at all the little blossoms and went, Oh, look how many peaches there are going to be. Um, but then the leaves started to grow. And in early summer, we noticed that it had a bit of an odd look about them. And Greg, being the gardener that he is, um, took photos of it and went to the nursery to ask what he should do to fix it. Um, the answer is that you can't. You can't fix it. Not this season. Sorry, peach trees need copper, apparently. And you have to give that them, you have to give it to them before spring, so before the flowers come. I know nothing about gardening, just so you know. So I, you know, if you know about peach trees, Greg would love to chat to you after the service. Um, um, now that it's past that point, the advice was now that it's past that point, you can't really do anything. The fruit is going to be um, not good this year. It'll drop early. It won't be. Um, tasty it or have like bubbles on the outside of it and it won't be edible um, so we missed out on our abundance of peaches this year it was very sad um, just go to the next slide yeah so that's what the, the leaves so close up um, the, so the, the tree looked healthy all through spring but it wasn't actually and from a distance the tree looks fine still looks fine but when you go up close the leaves have these little bubbles in them and the fruit had that same kind of little bubble in it um, it wasn't appealing. <laughs> um, it's only on close inspection that you'd see that the fruit wasn't as it seemed. And this is what Jesus is getting at. Sometimes the teaching that we hear or the person that we're following in faith can say things that are appealing, 
things that we want to hear. They can even bear fruit that initially from a distance seems good. But when you get close up, that fruit, to that fruit, you realise it's actually a thistle and not a fig. It's actually a thorn bush with berries and not grapes. And that's when you know that the tree isn't good for eating. These were real things for um, in Jesus' time. So there was a particular um, thorn bush that kind of produced what were thorns, but um, like looked like figs from a distance. So when he's saying this to people, they're like, oh, yeah, I've had that experience, like been so excited about the figs that are coming, but they're not, they're thorn bushes. And it's you're like, oh, no one wants that. And Jesus says to the would-be disciples that are in the crowd gathered with him, he says, if you want to know if someone is truly a faithful believer and a teacher that you can learn from, look at the fruit of their life. Is their life bearing the fruit that reflects all the ethics that Jesus has been sharing with them up until this point? What that means for us and for the disciples is that we need to be discerning. Jesus' advice here is to look at the character of those who are doing the teaching, those who claim to be leading the way or who we see as leaders in the faith. If someone claims to be sharing wisdom or teaching from God or claims to be a follower of Jesus and then mentoring you in the faith, make sure you test it. Make sure you, you test us. Just because I'm up here doesn't make me um, any, any better or worse. I, you, should test, you should test it. You should definitely test it. David's laughing at me. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> He's testing me. <laughs> um, now, this doesn't mean that we mistrust everyone. It's not what Jesus is saying. But it does mean that we're each responsible for our own faith, our own growth, our own walk with Jesus. We're called to think about, um, think critically about what people say and do. And thinking critically is not the same as being critical. But it is about weighing carefully what people say, weighing it in line with what Jesus says, in what the rest of Scripture says, with what lines up with other, what other faithful believers have said or talked about, what aligns with your relationship and experience with God. As we grow in our knowledge and relationship with God, we get better at discerning, we get better at critical thinking. And that brings us to this next section of the passage. It goes like this. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many people will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, we cast out demons in your name, we performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. This is kind of a scary passage, isn't it, when you think about it? It brings home this idea of the narrow gate. Jesus says, just because you call out to me, just because you call me Lord, that doesn't mean that we're in a relationship. That doesn't mean that you know me and I know you. Only those who are walking on that narrow way, actively doing the will of God and aligning their lives to Jesus, are known to Jesus. Jesus goes one step further and says, even people who do spiritual and miraculous things in my name may not actually be known to me. 
So the fruit that Jesus was previously talking about, it's not signs and wonders and prophetic words. That fruit demonstrate, that demonstrates the person knows Jesus and is known by him, what does that fruit look like? I think it looks like all the things that Jesus has been highlighting in his teaching up until this point that's gathered here in the Sermon on the Mount. It's in Matthew 5 to 7, so if you want to go back and have a read through that, um, that's worth doing. Um, but for the shorter version this morning, um, Paul in his letter to the Galatians kind of gives a dot point version. And he says this in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Aletheia spoke earlier about gentle words. Gentle words are part of this fruit. I think what we take from this passage is that character is important. Character that reflects a life that is aligned to Jesus is the first thing that we need to look at when we discern who we respect and honour as mentors and teachers in the faith. As disciples, developing character and fruit um, that leads to life is how we know that we're on the narrow path. So one of those questions you could ask is, um, you know, is the path that I'm on, is it leading me to be more loving, more joyful, more peaceful? Am I growing in patience? Am I growing in kindness? Am I taking steps and making decisions that lead me to be more generous? Is my faith growing? Am I increasing in gentleness? Is my self-control, is my self-discipline improving? Each of us is responsible for our own growth and development of faith in Jesus. We're responsible to ensure that we are seeking the kingdom and not the gifts or the outworking um, or being preoccupied with what we're able to do or be for God. I wanted to leave us um, with some reflection questions this morning just to spend with God, some time with God on over the next few minutes. So um, they may also be questions that you'd like to write down perhaps and come back to through the week. This might be something that um, rather than you know, packing our learning into a Sunday that we kind of take that into the week with us a bit. So here they are, and um, you know, they're my questions, they're not God questions, so feel free to do, do with them what you want. <laughs> is the path that we're on, the one that you're on right now, is it leading us to be more like Jesus or less like Jesus? Is the path that we're on deepening our dependence on God, our humility, our sense of justice, our understanding and experience of grace? Who are your mentors in the faith? Who is it that you look up to? And who are you mentoring? Who is, um, whether you're being intentional about that or not, there's someone who is probably looking up to you, who's probably walking alongside you. Maybe you have children or grandchildren that you spend time with, that you are mentoring them, whether you know that or not. And at the moment, what are you doing Monday through Saturday to grow your faith and knowledge of Jesus and to develop your ability to discern between good fruit and bad fruit? What does that look like for you?
Um, Stephen's just going to play a song for us and we'll um, have some time to think about those things and pray about those things. Um, feel free to write them down in your response cards and then um, come and come back up in a moment after we've had some time. <laughs> 